It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The Locked On MLB Fantasy Minute is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the most fun I've had playing daily fantasy baseball and winning up to 25 times my money. Download the app today and use the code Locked On MLB for a first deposit match up to $100. Exploring my skills on Prize Picks this season adds an extra layer of excitement to daily fantasy sports. With just a few taps, you can transform $10 into $1,000 if you've got the skills. Prize Picks is incredibly user friendly. I can make my selections and submit my entry in less than 60 seconds. As the host of Locked On Fantasy Baseball, here are some rock solid picks. Opt for Shohei Otani to have less than 38.5 home runs this season. Opt for Bobby Miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season. And for Bryce Harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season. Download the app today and use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the app today. Use the code LOCKEDONMLB for first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. With Tyler Stevenson not being the cleanup hitter we had hoped for, should the Reds be looking to upgrade the catcher position? We'll discuss that coming up next on Locked on Reds. You are Locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked on Reds, your daily source for all things Cincinnati Reds. I'm Stephen Offenbaker, and pitch hitting over in the other chair, our guy Tim Daniel from Late Night Reds, filling in for Jeff Carr, who is out on emergency birthday leave. That's right. Jeff's out celebrating his birthday today. So happy birthday, big guy. Uh, don't go too hard. You need to be able to do a show tomorrow. Happy birthday, doppelganger. Ha. So just like Jeff... Tim loves baseball. Just like me, he has a love for these Cincinnati Reds. And here on Locked on Reds, we've taken that love for the game and turned it into information for you. Locked on Reds is part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's podcast, we are talking catcher number one, Tyler Stevenson. We're going to dig into what exactly happened to the big guy in 2023. We're going to take a look at whether or not the Cincinnati Reds should consider an upgrade at the catcher position. And then before we get out of here today, we're also going to take a look at the Major League Baseball playoffs that got underway yesterday. And Tim and I are going to be making our World Series predictions. I think a good place to start, though, is with the big guy, Tyler Stevenson. Let's take a look, Tim, at kind of what happened to him in 2023. Uh, I know you are a big fan of Tyler Stevenson, and Jeff and I heading into the 2023 baseball season both expected big things from Tyler Stevenson, uh, especially with the plan that David Bell outlined for how the Reds were going to use him. They were going to cycle him through three positions every week. There was a set rotation even of how many days he was going to catch, how many days he was going to play first base, how many days he was going to be the DH. The thought process behind that, keep them healthy, keep his legs fresh, make him your cleanup hitter and get him out there and, and hope that he hits for some power and drives in runs. And then unfortunately, none of that went right. No. <laughs> no, it did not. That's that's deep analysis. <laughs> I got you. Okay, so let's do it like this. Tyler Stevenson seemed to be uncomfortable for two-thirds of this baseball season. 
Uh, he never he never lived up to the hype. You know, I went out on a limb and even predicted a healthy Tyler Stevenson with fresh legs might have the ability to hit between 30 and 40 home runs in a season. And he got nowhere near that type 13, of production. You know, it, you know, he was close. Double digits. This close. So I wonder if you have any thoughts, because I have thoughts on what exactly may have gone wrong him this season you know when we had him on the show last offseason you know he told us directly that he felt like he could catch up to 130 games and be and be healthy and be fresh and be able to contribute and even with the early rotation and in the rotation didn't last long of him playing first base and designated hitter he never really seemed to be able to get into a groove and the times that he did catch he didn't look i don't know he didn't look great behind the plate from a standpoint of being able to throw out runners, get the ball down. Uh, he's just fine working with the pitchers. And I don't mean that. I don't think he had a bad relationship with the pitching staff. I don't think that he lacks the ability to call a game, but defensively being able to get runners in a season where running was being promoted, he looked like he was lacking a little bit. Yeah. Um, so going back to what you were kind of mentioning earlier, just kind of how high you guys were on him and all of us were right. I mean, the outlier was this 2021 season that he did play a full year and looked tremendous 2022 in the very, very short time he was on the field. He was great. Um, just, you know, whether it was a concussion or breaking his collarbone or anything like that. And so if you had given me one guy going into this season, who's going to be the guy who's going to be good. If you had to take a guess, my guess would have been Tyler Stevenson. Um, it was just a weird year for him. And like you mentioned, just this kind of circumstance where he never really looked comfortable. I don't know if he really loved himself, loved the idea of the routine. I can't speak for him by any stretch, but it didn't seem like he was gung-ho excited about it. Like you mentioned, he really believed how many games he could catch. And I think he really stood by that. His numbers are really unique because the circumstance, if you go down his go down and look at month by month, he started the year really, really good. Uh, April, he was awesome. Uh, had well, I shouldn't say awesome. Seven sixty nine OPS is above average, but pretty decent. June and July, pretty awesome, pretty darn good. Uh, eight sixty seven in June, seven eighty three in July. Uh, you know, September and October seems like we're just kind of where things fell down yet again. It felt like every time he came up with a runner on first base, he got in the double plays. And I don't know if there's a fact or a stat that shows that. It just kind of felt like what it was. It seemed like. Tyler Stevenson almost didn't make enough adjustments to when people making adjustments to him, right? This is baseball. Um, this is the kind of the situation where it's a chess match out there, pitcher versus hitter. And, you know, maybe people took those 2021 seasons, that very short glimpse of 2022, and they put a scouting report against him to, to get him out. And he did not adjust to his game to that. And I'm very confident that he can bounce back. I hope it's with this team in 2024. Um, I think he deserves that shot. So I, I really do believe that this was just kind of just an odd year for him. I think people have those sometimes. Uh, you look, you know, and I think he's going to be a guy who is a high candidate to bounce back for 2024. I know a lot of people may not agree with me for that, but the skill sets there, the talents there, um, maybe just kind of a little spring cleaning of the mind, a little fall cleaning of the mind. We'll get him back to. The TST that we expect him to be. You know, I told you I was going to wildly speculate off air when uh, I said we were going to do this segment. I'm going to wildly speculate as to what I think was going on with Tyler. I'm Stevens. excited for this. 
Number one, I don't think he was happy with the routine. He wants to be catcher number one. That's what he sees himself as. That's the that's the job he prepares to do. I think he was unhappy. Uh, and I think he's also a team guy. He was asked to do it. He agreed to do it. He was going to do it, uh, but he was never quite comfortable. That's the first thing. Second bit of speculation that I have is that I don't think his shoulder is right. I think that clavicle injury was bothering him all year. I think that it's the reason that his power went away. Uh, we saw this with Jesse Winker. Jesse Winker injured his shoulder and his power completely dried up. He took an offseason, got his shoulder right, and came back and had his best power year the following season. I think that's the problem with Tyler Stevenson. I really think that his shoulder is not right. It's impacted his ability to get around on a ball. I think it impacted his ability to... Uh, play the catcher position and throw runners out. I think all of the problems we saw with Tyler tie back into that broken collarbone. And I, I hope that it's something that either just needs a little bit more time healing. And I hope that as he got better and started to hit for a little bit of power throughout the season, my hope is that's what we were seeing was that shoulder getting better and better and better. And that with an, another off season of rest that he comes into 2024, uh, an amazing guy. If you look at his numbers, and, you know, for an average everyday catcher, and, and again, when we were talking about Tyler Stevenson being the driving force of this team, being the cleanup hitter, being the guy that we were looking to to count on, remember, there was no Matt McClain on this team. Right. There was no Ellie De La Cruz. There was only Spencer Steer. There was no Noel V. Marte. There was no CES. None of those guys were on this team. It was a maybe Joey Votto and Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India. That's what they had going for them. And Jason Vossler. And Jason Vossler. Correct. Jason Vossler, remember, made this team on opening day. Um, you have to think that, you know, if you had all of the guys that the Reds have now heading into 2024, and you look at that, and you would look at Tyler Stevenson's number, which was uh, 87 OPS plus, his slash line 243, 317, 378 on the year, I would gladly accept that from him with all these other guys on the team where you're not relying on him to be the guy, the leader, the man driving this whole lineup. Uh, it's, it's a different set of expectations, but that wasn't where we were heading into 2023. And I think, you know, part of the problem is we set maybe, and we do this a lot in Cincinnati. We've done it. We did it with Hunter Green. We did it with Nick Lodolo. We, we were doing it with Tyler Stevenson this year where we set expectations that are probably, if we're being fair, if we're being objective, the expectations were a little unreasonable. Of course. Yeah, I think we do that all the time just because we do get so excited about young studs. And I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that, look, let's be realistic. Uh, majority of our lives, this team has not been competitive. So when we do get glimpses of these guys who are super talented, we get excited. We shoot their potential to the moon and we should. Okay. We should have every right to be excited about that. But I was trying to find, I don't have it in front of me. Correct me if you have it, please pipe, pipe in. But I want to say like his BABIP was one that was kind of like lower than expectations as well. It wasn't, you know, we, we've obviously talked about uh, the power hasn't been there. Hits a lot of double plays. He's not exactly you know, Ellie De La Cruz running down the first baseline. Um, what? What? <laughs> what do you mean? So, He's not looking out infield singles to first base. What are you talking about? Yeah. Crazy. Right. Um, but I think, you know, you mentioned the clavicle injury and I broke my collarbone. Granted, I'm not a big league catcher and it took a long time to get back comfortable with that. And I think that happens. You talked about shoulder injuries and kind of, taking time like a Joey this year, battling a shoulder injury all year, right? And we kind of saw the ups and downs of what that was and how he had to change his stances when his, his uh, last hit returned from the IL. Uh, but 
I think with Tyler Stevenson, I think it, I think you're right. I do think that, you know, the routine was kind of a frustrating thing for him. Um, I think that dealing with that shoulder injury and I think that kind of having more and more responsibility of being that person, because you've mentioned, you know, this is supposed to be the cleanup hitter because those guys weren't up yet. Maybe at fifth in the order, he wasn't bad. Um, it's kind of felt like that's where he was comfortable. And it's like, okay, great. You're pretty comfortable fifth in the order. Um, we're going to hit you seventh. We're going to hit you eighth. We're going to hit you ninth. And I think in a situation where I don't think there's anything wrong with moving guys around the lineup by any stretch of the matter. And this is a Reds team that crushed left-handed pitching throughout the season. Stevenson was one of those guys as well. So I'm not suggesting platoon. Um, I just think that there was a lot of factors into what was really just a super disappointing year for him. Well, one thing's for sure. While it wasn't the season that we hoped for, uh, having Tyler Stevenson back, having him back healthy and participating, that's a big plus moving mm -hmm. into the 2024 season. Uh, that leaves us to ask this question. With Stevenson not being the cleanup hitter that we had hoped for, should the Reds be looking to upgrade at the catcher position? We'll discuss that coming up next. Before we get into that, I want to shout out one of the sponsors of today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Bird Dogs. Bird Dogs make you look great. They are a stretch khaki short designed to fit slimmer through the thigh and the leg, giving you a truly sculpted look. Some of us more sculpted than others. They fit like a dream. Bird Dogs invented cloud knit fabric that looks just like khaki, but stretches so you get a way slimmer fit without having to sacrifice movement. They also use an anti-stink sweat wicking fabric that keeps you cool and dry all day long. You can seriously go from your couch to the golf course to a night out on the town, all with the same pair of bird dogs on. I've done it, folks. I've left here, I've gone and played around the golf, and then headed into Kona to find myself some of that good Kona brew. These are the most comfortable shorts that I have ever owned. And you can get yourself a pair by heading over to birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and enter the promo code locked on MLB for a free bird dogs water bottle with your order. That's birddogs.com slash locked on MLB and using the promo code locked on MLB to get your free bird dogs water bottle. You won't want to take these bird dogs off once you get them on. We promise you. Thanks so much for making Locked on Reds your first listen of the day. Coming up tomorrow, Jeff and I are going to have that conversation we promised you, which is should the reds be overly excited about david bell's performance should we be overly excited about david bell's performance and should he be in the conversation for national league manager of the year we got all that for you tomorrow on locked on reds all right tim let's talk about this catcher situation just a little bit more uh someone in the comment sections yesterday on one of our shows uh commented that they felt like there needed to be an upgrade at the catcher position because Tyler Stevenson was so disappointing. And I think that is uh, maybe a bit of an overreaction, but there is a situation brewing with this catcher group because Luke Maley, who performed admirably, who, uh, and many times surprised me played way over what I thought he was going to contribute is a free agent and may not necessarily be back. So this is the situation we have. We have a catcher number one that does have team control that played a disappointing season. We have catcher number two. That's going to be a free agent that by all accounts worked great with the pitchers performed well in the field, uh, performed well in the batter's box and is leaving and may get a good offer from somebody. So 
I guess where we want to start is, are you in the camp of bring Luke Maley back? And if you are, why? Absolutely. Um, I think as far as a backup catcher, that's exactly what you want, right? And obviously a guy who has local ties, a guy who can, you know, let's be honest, it's a business. The Castellanos love selling tickets. And um, to kind of answer both your questions here, if you look, I'm pulled up spot track right now, Steve, and I'm looking at, this is not exactly a sexy free agent group of catchers. It is pretty bleak. So you have Monte Grandel, Austin Hedges, Martin Maldonado, Mitch Garver, Victor Caratini, Tom Murphy, Gary Sanchez, Austin Romine, and Tony Wolters are all unrestricted free agents. You have Omar Navarez, who has his player option. Kirk Casale has a mutual option with the Reds. And Jan Gomes has a club option, which I would bet money the Cubs are going to pick that up. Um, so two factors in there. You can't upgrade because no team has no, there's no team that's able to trade a second catcher right now. You know, there's no one backing up Sean Murphy for the Braves who's better than Tyler Stevenson. Um, it's just not a thing. There's no one backing up Patrick Bailey in San Francisco that's better or as good as Tyler Stevenson. Just not a thing. And the market's very bleak. So if you do lose Luke Maley, as far as your backup catcher, um, you're kind of in a rough situation. I I think we're all excited about Alfredo Duno. He's a ways away. I mean, we're not talking about Alfredo Duno being here in 2024. And if we are, we got big problems. Um, so. I think, you know, you've got her on the back. You've got to trust that he's going to improve. Um, you know, maybe you figure out this thing with Kirk Sally more than you figure out Luke Maley and Tyler Stevenson where you're not paying him. Uh, the t- was the option for next year. I just had it up. Six million to have like 22 at-bats in a month. No, I think, you know, I, let's talk about Kirk Casale for a minute. Um, I, I don't yes, see let's. any scenario. I don't see any scenario where the Reds pick up that option. Uh, he's going to become a free agent. And listen, I really feel like there was a wink and a nudge situation that took place in September. Uh, you're still hurt, right, Kurt? So that you can stay accumulating service time and we don't have to cut you, Kurt. You're still hurt. And Kurt said, yes, I'm still hurt. I really think that's how it went down. You'll never be able to convince me otherwise. I think that's where we're at. I think Kurt Casale's time is done as far as a player in Cincinnati. If he can go out and get another contract somewhere, more power to him. If he cannot, I hope the Reds bring him on in some kind of coaching capacity. I would love to keep him around working with the younger catchers and and working with these pitchers. I think that would be a tremendous asset to the team. But as far as being a player on the 26-man roster, no. Uh, I think Kurt Casale's days are done. I agree. I think I have no issue with the original plan. I know a lot of people did not enjoy it. Um, I like the idea. I genuinely did because designated here in the National League. I thought you had different circumstances there where if you got to take Maley out of a game, you could still have Stevenson's DH, you have Chris Alley, and it just didn't play out that way, right? I mean, like I, I joked, but what do you literally have? Like six at bats in June? Mm-hmm. Like something wild like that. And that goes to my point of when people are trying to say there's not enough at bats for Joey Votto. Um, they carried Kirk Casale for six months this year. So let's kind of call that what it is. Uh, but that's a different topic for a different conversation. I'm sure you can have me back on for that one if you want. Uh, but I think that with that case there, like we were kind of talking about, Casale's not an upgrade. Um, you know, you look at Gary Sanchez, who a lot of people had as amongst the top catchers in baseball. He, he caught for three teams this year. And according to Spotrack, his AAV next year is $9.1 million. There's no freaking way that guy is getting $9.1 million next year. And if he gets $9.1 million from Nick Crawl in this new role, I'm very upset. So, yeah, I think that, and if you're, I don't, you know, I don't see the Reds forking out the money for Mitch Garver. 
I also don't know if I want them forking out the money for Mitch Garver unless he is just designated hitter because it's, you know, older Tyler Stevenson. So um, I think that what they have is as good as it's going to get for their circumstance because I don't, you know, the Mets don't have like a situation where it's like, well, we have Francisco Alvarez, so we can get rid of this guy. Um, you don't want the Reds trading for Travis Darno because he's not any better than Luke Maley. So as far as what you want him for him to be. So yeah, I think that upgrade is Tyler Stevenson being Tyler Stevenson of 2021. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're aiming for. Yeah. And, and don't forget trading for a catcher while not as expensive as trading for a pitcher will still require a lot of prospect capital. That's not going to be cheap to go out and yeah. trade for a catcher. I think bringing back Luke Maley is going to be costly as far as signing a backup catcher, uh, signing a number two catcher. Uh, you know, we call it a backup catcher, but that guy's going to play a lot, whoever yeah. it is. So you're looking at that situation and looking at what Luke Maley did in Cincinnati in 2023. I mean, you may be shocked to learn that Luke Maley's OPS plus was exactly the same as Tyler Stevenson. They both put up 87 OPS plus numbers. So that's 13% below league average. I think Tyler Stevenson is better than that. And if your backup guys 10 to 13% below league average, I'm okay with that. Uh, The other, the other, some, the other thing that you can't really quantify here, but that I think is important is the fact that by bringing Luke Maley back, you're bringing back a guy that already knows this young pitching staff, that already knows where their Great areas point. of weaknesses are, that already knows what they're working on, where they're struggling, what they're trying to accomplish. Another catcher coming in here is going to have to figure all of those things out and hopefully not muck it up when he's in the game. So I, I like it in that regard. So I think if it's a cost a little bit extra to bring Luke Maley back than what you might normally be willing to pay when you factor in things like that and you factor in what that market looks like that you just read to me, it's a no brainer. I mean, obviously if he wants more money than Tyler Stevenson is making, we've got a problem, right? But I, I think that if he doesn't, if he's, you know, reasonably priced less than Tyler Stevenson, I think Nick crawl has to make that move. Yeah, I think, too, the kind of thing that we're kind of discussing and the kind of overall emphasis of your point is uh, comfortability, right? Mm-hmm. This is a guy, you know, I talked about it earlier. This is a guy who's from this area, um, went to one of my rival high schools in my region. So I saw him play in high school. Um, this is a guy wouldn't who be, up- wouldn't be a Cincinnati podcast without you yeah. know, high school. Where'd you go to high school? Yeah. yeah. Where'd you go to high school, baby? First off, I'm from Northern Kentucky. So show some respect. Um, second, uh, he's, uh, but you mentioned the young pitching staff and how much he helped those guys. You know, he, he was Andrew Abbott's primary catcher during that mm-hmm. stretch before he hit his rookie wall. And I think that helps out a ton. Um, the franchise seems to really enjoy him. Uh, seems they really appreciate having him on, on the team and, you know, he's not going to go out there and hit like he was Buster Posey, but um, he gave them a lot of big moments this year at the plate, a lot more than you expected. I should say, uh, that, that Cleveland home, that first Cleveland game, that last series, he was awesome. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was just one to stick it to his old team. And he had a little vendetta against them for letting him walk. Um, but I think with the overall point I'm trying to make here is those two guys is probably your best bet. And just because the market is not necessarily the sexiest market for catchers. No, I can, I can feel the comment section boiling right now. And we would be remiss if we didn't talk for just a minute about Chucky Robinson. Now, look, I know he had, I know that he had a fantastic season in triple a Louisville, right? 
I know, I know that during his time on the big league roster in 2022, when the Reds went through something like 147 catchers, that Chucky Robinson did the best he could and filled in admirably and had a few moments. Here's at the end of the day, Chucky Robinson is probably a 4A catcher that is a great tool to have stashed down in AAA if disaster strikes and you need a guy to come up for 10 days. Chucky Robinson can give you a good 10 days. He might even give you a good 20 days. He's not going to give you a good 162-game season at the big league level. I think we have enough 4A players in the system right now. Um, You know, the whole bullpen, besides two guys, probably. Backup outfielders, we we're good on four A guys, and this isn't an insult towards Chucky Robinson. I'm not saying that he can't be helpful, but and I know look, he no, was those awesome. Guys are, those guys are valuable in situations, not yeah, on your roster all year, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, I'm not saying anything bad about him. It's just that I don't, you know, maybe we're wrong. Maybe he does come up and he has a great month and that, but I don't see it. And uh, that was like the level bats this year. It was all four A guys, basically. Matt Reynolds, Alejo Lopez, mm-hmm. check you out. You know, it's like at some point we got to move on, decide what these guys are. And I think Stuart Fairchild might be the best four A player of them. And that's not really saying a lot. Well, on that note, that'll wrap up our catcher conversation. This is what we know. Tyler Stevenson is going to be catcher number one. There is not an upgrade coming to be the starting catcher for the Cincinnati Reds. But the backup is going to be just as important in 2024. And the Reds have a big decision to make this offseason and who that player is going to be. All right, Tim, the Major League Baseball playoffs got underway yesterday. And coming up, you and I are going to make our prediction for World Series champion. Before we get into that, though, I want to shout out one of the other sponsors of today's podcast. Today's show is brought to you in part by FanDuel. You can get in on the NFL season with an incredible offer from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5 to get $200 in bonus bets back, guaranteed. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use, and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props to money lines and more. Uh, right now, the World Series favorites are the Atlanta Braves with the odds at plus 260, uh, a great value bet. And the Orioles are at 7-1. to one. Listen, if you're looking for a sleeper bet, that's the one right there. Get in on the Orioles. I, I, you'll, you'll hear why coming up in just a minute. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season. We're, we're into week five almost already. Get in there, get your bets in, and make yourself a little extra cash. Put your sports knowledge to work for you. This is an offer from FanDuel that you are definitely not going to want to miss. FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less takeout, cook more at home, but I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box and 
free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. All right. You can follow the podcast on all platforms, including right here on YouTube. If you haven't done so, and I'm sure you have by now, but if you haven't click that subscribe button down below, also hit that notification bell because it will let you know anytime we drop something extra, anytime we drop an episode and when we go live, because now we're back in off season mode and the Aloha Friday live shows will be coming back with Jeff and I talking story and taking your questions live once a week right here on YouTube. Love Aloha Fridays. It's just so much fun. I got a couple new Aloha shirts to break out for the shows. Ooh. I'm ready to go. I got right, some to wear too. All right. See, we'll have you around. It'll be a lot of good fun. Uh, look, the world, the, the baseball playoffs got underway yesterday, and there was some good action. There was some surprising results, um, maybe, depending on who you're rooting for. Uh, but baseball is happening. It's postseason baseball. The wild card rounds, three games, all at one site. Uh, winner moves on. Uh, Top seeds had a buy. That brings us to having a little conversation about with the Reds being out of it, who do you got? And I have typically been a, you know, National League always kind of guy. If if mm. the Reds aren't involved, like I want to stick with the National League. I want to support that. But there's been so much blurring of the lines over the years. And, you know, now both leagues have the designated hitter and it's basically the same style play all the way around. And I've yeah. kind of started to move off of that philosophy. Uh, so, you know, I'm, I'm got a couple American league teams that I'm enamored with, and I would like to see either one of these teams manage to find their way into the world series on the American league side. I've always had a little special place in my heart for the Texas Rangers. Uh, when I was in high school, I lived just South of Arlington for three of my four years of high school. And I went, listen, my senior year, I cut a lot of class and went to out, went up to Arlington to watch Rangers games and see pitchers come through. Uh, most notably, a big group of us my senior year skipping school to go watch Roger Clemens pitch for the Blue Jays. I remember uh, had a sub to ERA at the time. Good fun. But Texas has always had a special place in my heart. So I'd love to see them do well. The other American League team that just really just makes me want to cheer for them is the Baltimore Orioles and, and, and make no mistake, not the Baltimore Orioles ownership group, not the people that are in charge over there because they say a lot of dumb things and they do a lot of even dumber things. Uh, reminds me a lot of other situations we're dealing with uh, more close to home, but they remind me a lot of the reds. I think they're a year ahead. They're, they're, they're the Cincinnati reds 2024 right now, I think. And it's, yeah. it's a fun young group to root for. It's, it's, it's fun style of baseball to root for. And a lot of that really is because of what I just said, because I really feel like it's a lot of what we're going to be seeing here coming up for the next three, four, five, six years. Well, first off, I want to go ahead and point out the point you made about the blurred lines. I completely agree with uh, not to get all Jerry Seinfeld here, but do we really need a National League and American League MVP anymore? Because they're not leagues now. They're conferences. It's mm -hmm. just like the NBA, the Eastern Conference and the Western Conference. That's what it is now. It's not. Yeah. Neither here nor there. But um <laughs> I, I really do love the Orioles as far as you, like you said, you know, this young core of people, Adley Rutschman, Gunnar Henderson, they're awesome. They're so fun to watch. Right. And they give you hope for the Reds because they did basically the same thing the Reds did um, and figured it out. And, you know, they stayed put at their trade deadline the year before they blew up. And hopefully that works out because right now it doesn't look like it's going to work out, but I'm praying. 
Um, I put a prayer request in church in for the res ownership to get a bullpen. So there. Um, on the National League side, I hate to say it because I know Reds fans hate them. Genuinely, I kind of like them, but I think the Braves are pretty freaking awesome, man. You know, they have two guys that you can count on every single day to do something spectacular at the top of their order. Uh, Acuna is just unbelievable. You know, there's just no one else like it. He reminds me a lot of Ricky Henderson, right? Like, it feels like he is kind of that player. And to compare someone to Ricky Henderson, yeah, both, me, both on the field and off the, and yeah. off the field, personality-wise, absolutely. Yeah, Ricky's one of my all-time favorite players. So for me to give someone that praise, I mean, if, if he comes up to, if like he does an interview and he's like, Ronnie's going to steal four bases, I'm fired up. I'm like, hell yeah, you are, Ronnie. Let's go. Um, but joking aside, uh, the Braves are just outstanding. I mean, you know, but they have some questions right now with all these injuries they've had with pitching going into the circumstance. Um, I would like to see the Marlins make a run at it. I'm just not confident they will. But then again, this is a team that's been in the playoffs like six times in their history and never won in the division. And they have two World Series because with that. So maybe this is just kind of what they do. I'm pretty sure. Did they lose yet? Or are they losing? Yeah, they... Okay. Ooh, not looking good. So, um, yeah, it's just going to be kind of interesting. I, I really do like Tampa. I think Tampa, I kind of appreciate people who go away from the system. So like different kind of scenario, but I love the 2020 Lakers because when everyone's like, we're going to shoot threes, they're like, we're just going to get a bunch of huge dudes and just out bully you. And that's why mm -hmm. I fell in love with that team. So I like that Tampa's just kind of like, we're going to do our own thing and be successful. So I would love to see, I know they're down one. Oh, Texas kind of took care of business there, but um, I guess on the American League side, if I have to make a pick, Orioles Braves is too easy just because mm -hmm. I think you know they're the two teams who are the best teams in the regular season. I'm gonna go Rangers Braves, the Drew Stubbs World Series Invitational. <laughs> Very good. Listen, I am going to say that ultimately the the Orioles just they have too much and they're they're going to get to the World Series on the American League side. On the National League side, uh obviously nobody is rooting for the Milwaukee Brewers around here. Right. We just I don't care what the circumstance is, we're not doing that. Uh you know what I would like to see? I'd like to see the Phillies make a run just because I like Nick Castellanos so much and would like to see him in another World Series and I'd like to see him get a ring and uh I I'm all in on the Phillies for that reason. The the rest of the National League teams, yeah, the Braves are exciting, you know, the Dodgers spend a bunch of money, uh but at the end of the day I I, I think the a Phillies Baltimore World Series is what I'm looking to end up with. That feels very like 1982, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, just kind of like it's like when you go back and you look at those old World Series, you're like the Orioles played the Pirates in the World Series in the 70s. And you're like, oh, that was weird. Oh, I think that'll be a good stopping point for us here. Tim, thanks so much for being here. Before we get out of here, uh, go ahead and plug what you got going on over on the riverfront. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. First off, always love to hang out on late night. I mean, I'm locked on. That would be late night's my show. Um, but check me out. Yeah, every Sunday, 9 p.m. Eastern, myself and Ben Brown on Late Night Reds, part of the Riverfront. Uh, we are over there. And also, we do, of course, have uh, the Riverfront Prime on Fridays for you guys and your streams with the, the Dotson brothers of Chad and Nate, the brothers of destruction, breaking down what's going on with the Reds. Um, we're all sad that it's the off season because we had such a fun time this year. Um, I just wish nothing more. We were talking about a playoff Reds team, but I do believe we're going to be seeing that pretty soon. Um, so we're there doing this each and every week. Still, we love doing it. 
we we love the locked on team. We're really appreciative of them. Jeff was part of our live show that we did at the stretch this year. So uh, we're happy if we could be considered your guys's sister site and we'll, we'll take it. All right. And on that note, we're going to go ahead and wrap up this edition of locked on reds. Tim, always great to have you here. We'll have you back again. Really appreciate you uh, pinch hitting for the birthday boy. Uh, as always, thanks so much to you all for making Locked on Reds your first listen of today. Don't forget, Everyday is coming up. We're going to be discussing the, the pros, the cons, the good, the bad, and the ugly. That was David Bell's 2023 managerial campaign. Until then, you can keep uh, all of our feeds subscribed because we're going to have you Locked on Reds every single day. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.